You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, yeah, Kyler, I was just really curious about just the feeling in the room right now, especially given the history of the last few years and how competitive the secondary has been to try to find places for playing time and knowing how you've, you've really had to make your mark on special teams to get your turns uh, on defense. What is it like week in, week out to try to compete with these guys to earn playing time? And, and what's the overall mood like right now there? Um, the overall mood right here in our room is just to be the best. Uh, so every every week I practice, I mean, this is one of the reasons why I came here is uh, to be competitive and be in a competitive room to push me to be my best self. So every week we're just competing with uh, myself and each other uh, just to be the best. Uh, this is competitive nature in the room. That's what we're all about. All right, we'll go to Dan Riley, then Lars. Go ahead, Dan. Kyler, you've been a starter and a special teams ace, I guess. Um, what's the big thing you need to do with your game, you know, as you progress, as you, uh, you know, move back into the lineup? Um, in my game, um, I would say just, I don't know, just going out there and, you know, fully dissecting the, the defense or the offense, being able to predict, like, what's coming, you know, uh, more of that. And so once I get to know more of the game and be more confident in my calls, you know, that allows me to play more free. So I've been able to do that get in and watch more film, and uh, it makes uh, the game a lot more easier. All right, Lars Hansen, and then Mike Farrell, and then hands up for uh, Kyler, please. Go ahead, Lars. Hey, Kyle, you had over 300 snaps as a wide corner last year. Just how much did that help you coming into this season, just being more mentally ready, mentally prepared? Uh, just allowed me to, you know, have that experience and kind of know the feel of the game. So those 300 snaps just allow me to, you know, know how the game moves, and uh, it just allows me to feel out better. All right, Mike Varell, then Chris Fetters. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Kyler, I'm wondering, you know, to start last season, there was a couple of games where you had some difficult moments, and then it seemed like you really bounced back from that going through the season. I'm wondering what you took from some of that adversary, uh, some of that adversity that you faced early on. Uh, last year? Correct. Um, I really just looked at my weaknesses, uh, took that aside in the offseason, and, uh, you know, was really detailed on how I can correct myself uh, in order to make a bigger difference and a bigger impact for this next year. So just finding my own weaknesses and, uh, you know, making them better for the sake of the team and the unit. All right, Chris, and then Dan, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, Kyler, also kind of curious if you could dissect for us your play where you, uh, where you forced the fumble in the, in the fourth quarter. Um, basically, I just keep an outside contained. Uh, knowing that I can't let him get outside and uh, just keep my head on the outside and uh, my head hit the ball and just forced the fumble. Just came down instead of uh, letting him come to me and come to him. But, yeah. All right, Dan Riley, then Lars. Go ahead, Dan. Kyler, two things. One, how important is it for you to be a starter? And two, we've read a lot about your athleticism. Do your teammates – test you on your athleticism and try and see if they can keep up with you in that manner? Uh, can you say the first part again? 
Um, how important is it for you to be a starter at Washington? Um, I want to say being a starter is the, like, the most important thing. Obviously, it's like team first and, uh, you know, whatever we can do to let the team win. Obviously, it's important, like, self-goal for myself. But, um, you know, team first. Um, uh, and then on your second question, sorry, you said one more time. Uh, no problem. Uh, your athleticism is very well known. Jimmy talks about it. I've read about it. Do your teammates test you, want to see if they can jump with you, run with you, whatever you do best? Uh, yeah, I would say they do, for surely. Um, and that's what allows me to be on the top of my game. You know, like, I don't like not being tested, so uh, it's good. You know, that goes back to the competition here uh, at Washington, you know, competing 24-7. So uh, they're going to test me and uh, keep me in the loop and everything. So, yeah. All right, we'll take three more for Kyler, Lars, Kim, and then Mike. Go ahead, Lars. Speaking of that competition, you play outside corner and slot corner. Just talk about how you view both of those and kind of how does your athleticism help play inside and outside? Um, outside and inside. Um, to be honest, I just, I just like to play with both of them. You know, they're just very fun. You know, I, I just get to, like, feel like corner um, or a nickel. I get more like free range. I don't know. I don't know how to explain exactly, but uh, I just use my God gift ability. Uh, so, God given ability. So, uh, yeah. All right. We'll go to Kim Grinnells and then Mike Farrell to wrap it up. Go ahead, Kim. Hey, Kyler. Um, Jimmy Lake recruited you. He was your position coach for a while. How different is it with him not in your meetings, just not around you as much? And when he does appear over in your position groups and meetings, what's it like? Um. It's a little different, uh, but I would still say he's still pretty much, like, uh, uh, in my ear, you know, talking, helping me out, uh, giving me uh, – still coaching me up all the time. Uh, he'll still come over and stuff. It's not 24-7 because he's not in the room, but um, he's still there. He's not gone. <laughs> all right, we'll wrap it up with Mike Farrell. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Kyler, I know that with special teams and some of the kind of dirty work and coverage and everything, um, it can be hard for some guys to embrace that. Some guys don't want to. And I'm wondering, you know, was, was it always natural for you to embrace the, the special teams coverage and that kind of stuff? Or did you need to be sort of talked into that? Um, no, I just wanted to take every opportunity that I got, uh, use it to my fullest. You know, if I wasn't able to make that on defense, then I was going to do it on special teams. Uh, I was giving my all on every single special teams I can get on and make a play to make a difference for the team and in the game. And we'll get started with Chris Fetters, followed by Lars Hanson, and then hands up, please, for talking. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, Sam, I was just curious, uh, you know, being a, a Utah guy, what was the reaction from friends and family uh, when you were able to catch up with them after the uh, game Saturday night? Uh, it was really good just to catch up with some of the boys. I probably know, like, 10 of them on that team, and I probably know the entire coaching staff. And just talking back home, it was just hilarious with the comeback because my family, my grandma was talking to me, telling me how she went to the basement <laughs> after we were down. But then my grandpa stayed and watched the whole game. And he said he said a prayer for me. So it was kind of good. So I was just happy to, that we came out with the win. All right, we'll go to Lars and then Nick. Go ahead, Lars. Hey, Taki, just talk about the, the run game, the run defense you guys specifically. Coach Lake has mentioned wanting to improve that. Just kind of what have you guys been doing to try to get better in that area? Um. We've been trying to become a lot more physical with getting knockoff and getting off blocks and just kind of making more tackles and just making it easier for our linebackers to run through and get a lot of tackles as well. 
All right, Nick Mendro, then Dan Reilly. Go ahead, Nick. Yeah, with Stanford coming up, uh, they got Austin Jones. What have you guys been doing to prepare for him? Is it any different or m- much of the same? Uh, Stanford's a good team. So they're physical, we're physical, same as Utah. Um, we just been focusing on being tough, kind of just knowing that it's kind of just two, I guess just two teams that are physical up front and just kind of working on getting off blocks and just holding our blocks and just making sure we're in the right position. All right, we'll go to Nick. Uh, Nick, uh, that was Nick. Excuse me, Dan Raley, and then Mike Farrell. Go ahead, uh, Dan. Yeah, you, you and Tuli are known as the twins. Yet you had been able to play in the first couple of games because he wasn't available, uh, and you had him last week. Uh, things seem a little bit more normal with you having him next to you. Oh uh, yeah, it, it feels a little normal. But to be honest, all our guys are ready. You know, it doesn't matter who's playing next to us. Two, we have uh, Bandez and Tui, if anyone's out there with me or they're out there, I trust that they'll do their job. But, yeah, it felt good to have him back. And, yeah, I'm excited to just keep balling with him and all the young guys in the Browns. All right, we'll go to uh, Mike Farrell, then Chris Fetters, then Lars. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Taki, I wanted to ask more about what you said at the beginning. Your grandma couldn't stand to watch, so she went to the basement? What, what was <laughs> yeah, she, uh, she, we always call and we just joke around. We just joke around the game. That's the first thing I do after our games. I get on the phone and just call my grandparents just because it means so much to me. And she was just like laughing. She was just like, oh my, she was just stressed out. So she couldn't watch. And my grandpa's one of those dudes that just watches no matter what. And then it's hilarious because they told me that my grandpa went downstairs to wake her up and said, and then told, uh, told him that we won. And my grandma just called me and was just laughing, just saying, good job. So yeah, that's kind of the thing about that. All right, we'll go to Chris and then Lars, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, Sam, I was just uh, curious about your relationship with Thule, and when was the first time where you guys really got together and there was kind of an understanding that, that maybe you guys would have a, a, a friendship that would be to the point where everyone now is kind of referring to you as, as twins? Um, we met at the Poly Bowl, so um, we just kind of talked it up. You know, we he didn't end up playing, but that's my first time playing D-line, and then we went our own ways, and then we kind of just talked over text. And I, we just talked about, like, hey, why don't we come up to UW, you know, be a duel. And we're just, we're just already brothers. I played them my sophomore year, so I ended up playing De La Salle. But, yeah, we just kind of kept in touch. And then he was just calling me this one day and was like, hey, man, look what uh, Pete tweeted out. And then me and him were just freaking out over the phone. And then we just talked about, like, coming and changing the culture up here and just creating a pipeline for Polynesians and just kind of just setting the tone for UW and death row defense. All right, we'll go to Lars and then Kim Grinolds and then hands up if there's any more questions for Taki. Go ahead, Lars. Yeah, just to piggyback off of that, how much of, how much of an importance is it for you to have that Polynesian element at Washington to kind of put on for the Polynesian community? Um, uh, well, it means a lot to me. Like, I may not show it, but just being Polynesian and just knowing my roots is just something special to me, especially knowing that my grandparents, you know, kind of gave up their life to come to America to give me a better future and me just being here and kind of just working my way to repay them and just showing other Polynesian kids that you can do it too. It doesn't matter the situation if you put in the hard work and you just remember who you're doing it for, then anything's possible. All right, Kim Grinolds and then Mike Farrell. Go ahead, Kim. Oh, I think Kim dropped off there. Go ahead, Mike Farrell. Yeah. Um, I've been wondering this, Taki. Is, is Taki a, a nickname or is that more of an ancestral name or could you just uh describe where that comes from um it's a nickname 
uh, my grandpa gave it to me. I don't know where he got it from, but he gave me that nickname. And then I actually changed it to my legal middle name uh, my senior year. So, yeah. All right. Well, sorry about that, Kim. We'll go to Kim Grinnells and then Dan Raley. Go ahead, Kim. Hey, Sam, can you tell us just, you know, what you're seeing out of Zion and what impact is he having on you guys on the inside coming off the edge? And just pre-snap, do you see guys just kind of looking over there, just pointing out where he's at? You can just talk a little bit about the impact he's having. Yeah, that dude's a beast off the edge. It just gives us – it kind of just gives us more opportunity to work inside with – them worrying about the outside, it just gives me and other D-tackles to just have them one-on-one, and that's what we've been working on. So with Zion being a threat outside, it just gives us more of an opportunity to kind of get sacks or just make some tackles and cause havoc too. All right, Dan Raley, then Lauren, then Chris. Go ahead, Dan. You talked about growing the Polynesian community on the Husky football team. How, how, does, that, how does it stand compared to other programs like Utah and, and you know, maybe BYU? Uh, how how – how, um, how deep is Washington's Polynesian community compared to the others? Um, I think it started to become a lot deeper. I remember when I first came here, there's only a few of us. And then watching the classes uh, after us just grow and grow. And like, we're probably, uh, Utah and BYU have an amazing pipeline of Polynesian players. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like up here is where we're starting to see a trend where more poly kids are coming here, seeing that we can be as successful with Polynesians as BYU and Utah. So I think it's amazing that we're starting that trend here, and I'm kind of happy to be part of that beginning. All right, Lauren Kirschman and then Chris Fetters. Go ahead, Lauren. Yeah, Jimmy has talked about um, Zion in practice and all the success that he's had in practice and how he wasn't surprised with what he's done in games. What have you just seen from him in practice? And heading into the season, did you think that this kind of success was possible for him? Yeah, I saw the success for him. I saw him working uh, just in and out and sp- practice, especially, man, just always going hard 100% every single time he has our ones, which is making them better. And also it kind of feeds us juice, too, to just see him just know that he has that edge down. So I'm so happy for him and his success, man. It's He's blown up. I'm just – I just am happy for him. All right, Chris Fetters and then Varel. Mike, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, Sam, I was curious about your personal development from year one to year two, where you really you got your feet wet last year and now you've really taken it to a different level. For you personally, when you kind of think about the strides that you've made, what what are the things that you feel like you've gotten better at? Uh, personally, just understanding the playbook, um, playing more confident, and just knowing that I have more power in me and speed in me than I think. And I think just playing behind Josiah, Levi, Shane, Greg, and just watching them and like pick nitpicking things out of their playbook and just kind of, you know, using it for my own advantage. And that just kind of helped me like figure out what I need to do, especially transitioning from online to the line. All right, Mike Farrell, go ahead. Yeah, Taki, you know, just on the same theme from earlier, hearing you talk about your grandparents, it's obvious how much they mean to you. And I'm wondering why they're so important in your lives and just how important they've been and you get to this point? Um, the, uh, they kind of raised me since I was an uh, infant. So kind of like a long backstory, but yeah, since I was probably two months, they raised me, took me in as their own and just kind of taught me how to become a man. And like, I think just watching my grandma, my grandpa just like, you know, work long hours just to kind of give me what I have now. Just kind of just, you know, motivated me to come to college and just, you know, keep my head on straight and just making sure that I'm able to help them retire and just give back to what they 
gave me when I was younger. All right, we'll wrap it up with Chris Fetters. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, you also mentioned the guys behind you, like the younger guys, like Tui and Jacob. What are you seeing from that group, and, and what do you think their potential is for growth this season? Um, I think the sky's the limit for those guys, man. Um, you got Noah, uh, Tui, Bandage, Draco, um, Bradley. I think the sky's the limit. You know, they're just getting used to, like, you know, being a – like getting their feet wet like I did last year. So they're just trying to figure it out. You know, I went through the same thing, you know, learning to just play just one snap at a time. You can't look past it. I think they'll probably be one of the best D-tackles. All of them will be the best D-tackles coming out of UW. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.